0: You are listening to the Amateur Church Podcast, where we pursue excellence in ministry with the right motivation for the sake of love. I'm Pastor Matt, and I'm so thankful that you are on this disciple's journey with me. This week, we are beginning the book of Daniel. And I want to remind you that every time we start a new week, uh, that we begin with theology from the book that we're reading. And Daniel is a great theological book as it points us to God God who he is, what he has done, who we are, and how we relate to God. Let me also remind you that the Amateur Church Podcast is a call for anyone who is tired of church being a programmed organization. That Daniel teaches us how to be lovers of God and how our love for God affects our love for people. And in that sense, I want to be an amateur. I want to live my life. Uh, like Daniel, uh, in the midst of this world that is pagan and in this world that is against God, I want to live my life as an example of Christ, and so as we read the book of Daniel, I must confess, Daniel is one of my favorite books of the Old Testament. I've studied it numerous times, preached through it several times, and every time I read it, uh, it uh, I get a little bit more information and uh, and wisdom from it as as it uh, points me to Jesus Christ. There is so much in this book that points me right to the gospel of Jesus Christ, grabs my heart and attention and 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 helps me and encourages me, strengthens me, challenges me, but convicts me to walk in the ways of God. So uh, my prayer is that as we walk through the book of Daniel, the entire book this week, that you would ask, God, how can I grow closer to you? There are three main things that I want to uh, To bring out to you, first, the setting of the book of Daniel. It matters. We've got to understand the context. The story in Daniel, the first six chapters really give narrative, a narrative aspect, but then the symbolism of Daniel. Daniel is a very symbolic book. Daniel has been called the little revelation of the Old Testament. We're going to walk through that this week. So let's look at the setting. The word Daniel, the name Daniel, actually means God is my judge. And in this, Daniel has been taken from uh, his land. In uh, Daniel chapter one, it says, "In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it." So, just as we find at the end of the book of Second Chronicles, we have uh, Daniel taking place uh, in uh, in in the captivity of Babylon. And Daniel comes as this young teenager, anywhere from 12 to 15 years old, and he's going to be put through the test. Are you going to stand with Babylon? Are you going to stand for God? The date of Daniel ranges from the entrance into Babylon around 586 BC over the next period of 60 years or so. Uh, Ultimately, they're going to be there for 70 years. So Daniel finishes up about 535 BC. And uh, Daniel will serve under three kingdoms, Babylon, the Medes, and the Persians. And you'll see that historically playing out. The structure of this book Uh, is Daniel can be divided into two portions. As I said earlier, history or Daniel's story from Daniel 1 through 6 and in revelation or prophecy in Daniel chapter 7 through 12. And every chapter is important. You see more and more of what God is doing in the life of Daniel. Uh, Just to kind of walk you through the story, in Daniel 1 verses 3 through 8 and 17 through 20, we see that Daniel purposes in his heart not to sin against God, even at the point of choosing the food that he should eat. You see, what Nebuchadnezzar wants to do is he wants to bring Daniel in and his three Hebrew children, friends, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and he's going to try to uh, assimilate them into Babylon. He wants to change their identity. He wants to change their education. He wants to change their discipline, and he's going to test them. And And so uh, they, he even changes their name by giving these, assigning these different names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, they purpose in their heart, we're not going to sin against God as teenagers. And I believe that's why you get uh, the three Hebrew children as older men in chapter 3 willing to go to the fire. And Daniel is an older man in chapter 6 willing to go into the lion's den. In chapter 2, we find that Daniel is given the, the uh privilege by God, but also the responsibility uh, by man to interpret dreams. This is a gift given to Daniel that, again, I believe is only given to him because he stood firm in chapter 1. In chapter 3, of course, one of the most famous uh, stories in the entire Bible, uh, but in this book, Daniel chapter 3 is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. They stand for God and not for Babylon. Babylon. Daniel chapter 4 is really one of the most interesting passages because it's from the perspective of Nebuchadnezzar. In fact, during that period of, uh, of writing, it's uh, written in a different language and written by a different person. Nebuchadnezzar is the one who is speaking. He's the key character of that passage. One of the reasons I believe we will see Nebuchadnezzar in heaven is because I think this is a repentance-based chapter. And that he was humbled. Chapter 5 gives a transition not only of of kings, but then ultimately at the end of nations. Babylon will be taken over by the Medo-Persians. But in chapter 5, you see Belshazzar and the writing on the wall. Historically... Chapter 5 has been used to uh, prove that the Bible is accurate and true uh, because it happens uh, just as it declares. Uh, The Medes and the Persians came and took over the Babylonians without even... getting involved in war or bloodshed on both sides, the Medo-Persians came in and were able to uh, to take over Babylon. And then in chapter six, of course, Daniel in the lion's den under King Darius. And this is towards the end of the captivity time. Now why is this important? You need to know the story uh, of these uh, uh, of chapters one through six to understand the symbolism, of chapter 7 through 12. You need to realize that the book of Daniel is more than just a kid's story, but there is a theme going through this, and that is individuals, Daniel and the three Hebrew children, those men standing firm in a pagan land, a Babylon, uh, to, uh, to, to say we are Uh, not citizens of this place. We're strangers. We're, We're pilgrims. We're wonders who are going to be faithful to God in a foreign land. And does that not represent us as believers? I really think that theologically we can lean on the story of Daniel is our story. Not that we put ourselves in his story, but we take his story and apply it as modern day New Testament believers that we are living in a modern day Babylon. And we're saying we're not, while we're going to live here, we're going to be in the world, but not of the world. We're not going to have our, uh, our lives assimilated into the culture, but we're going to stand as ambassadors in the culture to point people to Jesus Christ. And that's what Daniel did. Now, I also want you to see the symbolism. Chapters 7 through 9 show us three very important uh, uh, truths. Number one, we see the history of the ancient kingdoms, that as they rise and fall, that God is sovereign. In chapter 2, Daniel revealed a dream to Nebuchadnezzar about kingdoms that would come. In chapter 7 through 9 especially, we see those kingdoms. We see the kingdom of, uh, of Egypt. Okay? We see the Babylonians. We see the Medo-Persians. We see Greece. We see Rome. And some scholars have even gone as far as to talk about double prophecy, double fulfillment, in which you might even see uh, uh, modern day nations in those chapters. Then in chapter 10 through 12, we see the importance of prayer and spiritual warfare, that Daniel is given a vision that wears him out, but ultimately that he's going to to be shown the p- powers and principalities, those who are on God's side and those who are on uh, Satan's side, those who will, will uh, stand for truth and right and those who will try to pervert and, uh, and, and and crush and to kill and to harm. And Daniel sees the importance of prayer. Even as an old man, Daniel is a prayer warrior, a scripture studier, and a servant of God. We gain many theological truths from this book that affect, if, if we apply them rightly, affect our lives for the sake of the gospel. And finally, we see the eternal kingdom of Jesus Christ. The, chapter 7, verses 13 through 14 are some of my favorite verses because it says that Daniel receives a vision of one like the Son of Man, whom the Ancient of Days delivered to him a kingdom that is an ever, everlasting kingdom. And this Son of Man, Jesus Christ, would be the Messiah who would save us from our sins. Even the book of Daniel points us to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at a lot this week as we read Daniel. And I hope that you're excited. See the setting. See the story. See the symbolism. But ultimately, see the Savior. That Jesus Christ is to be worshipped. He is the one who saves us from our sins. And I'm asking that you, uh, I am I'm, I'm t- I love this book, and I'm asking that you uh, really dive in with me. Each day, we're going to look at particular truths, uh, particular things. Tomorrow, as we look at uh, devotion questions, I'm going to bring up some things about the book of Daniel. But I'm really excited about our apologetics this week, our evangelism this week. We're going to look at how you could even point a Jew to Christianity, and I've seen many Jews converted just reading one chapter from the book of Daniel. Uh, so I hope you're excited. My prayer is, uh, and my prayer point for this week, my prayer is that just as Daniel lived a separate life in the culture that he was in, that we would, Daniel eight purpose in our hearts to follow Christ. Hey, I love you. I'm praying for you. Stakes in the ground.